This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Today is Thursday, August 20th, 2020. On this day in 14 CE, Postumus Agrippa, the grandson and potential heir of the late Roman Emperor Augustus, was executed under mysterious circumstances. 2,000 years later, experts still disagree over who ordered the young man's death, making him one of history's oldest unsolved murders. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's story, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today we're covering the murder of Postumus Agrippa, the maternal grandson of Caesar Augustus. Let's go back to the morning of August 20th, the year 14 CE. Augustus, the first emperor of Rome, was dead. He had struggled with illness for years, but in the late summer of 14 CE, the 75-year-old ruler's health took a turn for the worse. He passed on August 19th with the parting words, Have I played the part well? Then applaud as I exit. It was fitting for a man who excelled at manipulating the opinions of both the Roman people and its statesmen. He had risen from the ashes of the Roman Republic and the subsequent assassination of his adoptive father, Julius Caesar. After putting down countless insurrections and civil wars, Augustus had named himself Rome's first citizen. As such, he gave himself absolute authority for life and the right to choose his successor. The news of Augustus's death spread like wildfire, making its way from the capital through the outer provinces until it reached a craggy, windswept rock off the coast of Italy. This was the island of Planasia, and for approximately the past seven years, it had been the home of Postumus Agrippa, the late emperor's grandson. We don't know what time the news reached the island, or how 25-year-old Postumus Agrippa reacted when he learned it. Did he grieve for his grandfather, the man who was also his adoptive father? Did he revel in the emperor's death? It had been Augustus who banished him to the island, after all. Or could he have dared to hope that his moment had come at last? That he, Postumus, would soon be named Emperor of Rome? It was known throughout Rome that Augustus had distanced himself from Postumus for his reportedly uncouth conduct. However, he was never charged with a specific crime. Some believed that Augustus's wife, Livia, was behind the exile. She had long sought the throne for her own son, Tiberius, and no one posed as much of a threat as Postumus. And that was still true, in spite of the young man's banishment, 
Even if Postumus was no longer acknowledged as the emperor's son, he was still Augustus's only living grandson. And then there was the matter that Augustus was the first emperor. There had never been a transfer of power of this type in history, which meant that anything could happen. As the emperor's health declined, many began to worry that Rome would once again fall into civil war. Augustus may have contributed to these concerns himself. There were rampant rumors that just weeks before his death, he traveled to the island of Planasia for a teary reunion with his grandson. This rumored meeting caused quite the stir. It appeared that Augustus had no faith in Tiberius and wanted to make Postumus his heir. If so, it would explain another rumor that circulated after Augustus's death, that as soon as Augustus returned from the journey, his wife Livia poisoned the emperor with a fig in order to maintain the throne for her son. There was another possible explanation for both rumors. There were groups in Rome who opposed Tiberius and who saw Postumus as a viable alternative. Maybe the dying Augustus visited the island in order to ensure that Postumus wasn't planning to make a claim for the throne. And once satisfied, some historians have suggested that Augustus asked Livia to administer the poisoned fig as a form of assisted suicide. We may never know the truth, but in either case, Postumus didn't have long to mourn his grandfather. Coming up, Postumus Agrippa meets his bloody fate. Hi, listeners. There's a new Spotify original from Parcast you do not want to miss. It's called Very Presidential with Ashley Flowers, and it uncovers the most damning details surrounding history's most high-profile leaders. Every Tuesday through the 2020 election, host Ashley Flowers shines a light on the darker side of the American presidency. From torrid love affairs and contemptible corruption to shocking cover-ups and even murder, she'll expose the personal and professional controversies you may never knew existed. You'll hear some wildly true stories about presidents such as Richard Nixon, Thomas Jefferson, Teddy Roosevelt, JFK, and more. Very Presidential highlights the exploits you never learned in history class, but probably should have. Family drama, personal vices, dirty secrets. These presidents may have run, but they most certainly can't hide. Follow the fantastic new series, Very Presidential with Ashley Flowers, free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Now, back to the story. On the morning of August 20th, 14 CE, a Roman centurion is said to have arrived at the island of Planasia. He allegedly carried sealed orders from the capital and delivered them to the guards watching over 25-year-old Postumus Agrippa. 
Some accounts suggest that upon receiving their orders, the guards drew their swords and turned them on their young charge. According to the Roman historian Tacitus, the guards caught Postumus unarmed and off guard. Nevertheless, he managed to put up a fight, but the guards eventually overwhelmed him and cut Postumus down in cold blood. Once Postumus was dead, the centurion who delivered the orders returned to Rome. He reported to the new emperor, Tiberius, that his rival for the throne was dead. Tiberius apparently responded with indignance and shock. He claimed to have no knowledge of Postumus's assassination and promised to launch an investigation into the matter. But the new emperor's denials only raised more questions. Had Tiberius and Livia arranged Postumus's death? Was it ordered by another military leader or one of Tiberius's supporters who didn't want to risk the possibility that Postumus would vie for the throne? Or, as Tiberius's hastily concluded investigation later determined, was Postumus Agrippa executed on the deathbed order of Augustus himself? Whoever was truly to blame, Tiberius's reign began with a murder. It wouldn't be the last. Whoever ordered the execution, the fact that it came so soon after Augustus's death suggests that it was intended to solidify Tiberius's claim to the throne. However, determining just how much of a threat Postumus presented is difficult. For Augustus, family was a complicated thing, and succession even more so. When the famous general Marcus Agrippa, Postumus's father, died in 12 BC, his wife Julia was still pregnant. Postumus grew up without a father until he was about 15, when he was legally adopted by his grandfather, Augustus. At the time, it was clear that Augustus was seeking to secure an heir for his throne. He had previously adopted Postumus's two older brothers, but they both died leaving the emperor once again without an heir. So Augustus's attention shifted to the third brother. At the same time that he adopted Postumus, Augustus simultaneously adopted his stepson Tiberius, then in his 40s. Perhaps this was done from an abundance of caution in case one of the two were to die. There was speculation that the emperor intended a dual succession, Presumably, his estate and wealth would go to Postumus, his own flesh and blood, while his position as emperor would go to the older, more experienced statesman, Tiberius. By 7 CE, the point was moot. Young Postumus Agrippa had earned a reputation as a vulgar young man, brutal and brutish, and of depraved character. Historians described him with a myriad of uncomplimentary terms, slavishly boorish, base and ferocious, and savage. He seems to have shown little interest in politics, being far more interested in his sole passion, fishing. Augustus banished his grandson, first to Sorrentum, and then when his behavior didn't improve, to the island of Planasia. This effectively canceled the adoption, solidifying Tiberius's claim to the title of emperor. Because he was Augustus's sole male grandson, some could have argued that Postumus would still inherit the emperor's wealth and estate. 
This certainly could have provided a motive for Tiberius or Livia. However, it's unclear if the fact that he was a maternal grandson would have affected this. In either case, Postumus Agrippa wasn't mentioned at all in Augustus's will, supposedly written over a year before his death. His wealth and estate were divided by Tiberius and Livia. The Senate officially transferred the powers and title of Augustus to Tiberius on September 18, 14 CE. He ruled for 22 years. Roman historians would characterize the reign of Tiberius, especially in its later years, as one of paranoia and bloodletting. He was accused of putting countless enemies to death based on unfounded suspicions and, in some cases, of being a sexual predator. Today, some historians challenge this view of Tiberius, but as with the death of Postumus Agrippa, the truth is difficult to determine. 2,000 years later, history has not just been written by the victors, it has been written and rewritten countless times, leaving the events eternally murky. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Joshua Kern. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Andrew Kelleher, with writing assistance by Abigail Cannon. I'm Vanessa Richardson. It's the most powerful position in American politics, and arguably the world. But behind the oath to preserve, protect, and defend lie dark secrets posed to leave some legacies in disgrace. Don't forget to check out the new Spotify original from Parcast, Very Presidential with Ashley Flowers. Every Tuesday through the 2020 election, host Ashley Flowers shines a light on the darker side of the American presidency, exposing wildly true stories about history's most high-profile leaders. To hear more, follow Very Presidential with Ashley Flowers, free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.